I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Box DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude and I've got my brother Justin with me tonight. How is it going, everybody? Week four is upon us. Uh, we uh, we have a, a fun sh- well, I keep saying we have a fun show. Are these shows actually fun? Are they? Hell yeah. For <laughs> heck yes, as we are a family-friendly podcast. Family-friendly show. Family-friendly. Uh, so a uh, real quick announcement before we get started with uh, with uh, going to the headlines and, and, and looking at some of the games that are coming out this weekend. Wanted to make the announcement that we actually, for our Sunday Swim League, for those of you who joined, we were way behind, but we finally... Um, did the drawing. There was a little confusion about this. The um, the jersey and the picture were not for the people who finished first and second. The jersey and the photo, which you can go back and look at our look at all the announcements that we made about it, were for two people in a random drawing of everyone that joined the league. Yes. So. Um, the only prize that we had set for that was if we had won that Sunday Swim contest that was run by that website and filled our league of 100 first, then our first place person in that league would have gotten 100 bucks. So right now we don't have a, a, a thing picked out yet for, for the winner. For the winner. We will. We're we're working on that. Like I said, we're we're a little behind. We're we're getting there. It's been a. There's a lot of fantasy football analysis that's going on right now, and we're a little lacking on the giving out of the prizes kind of thing. But hey, you're getting it for free. Yeah. So we're you know we're we're we're, we're doing what we can to uh, to get all that information out. We're working hard to make sure that you guys have the information that you need. We'll get the prizes out eventually. Yeah. So we want you to win your league. Not, uh, I mean, Tevin Coleman jersey is great, but if you're zero and four, and the best quarterback on your team is Andrew Luck, um, you haven't been listening. What if you're one and two and your best? Well, no, the the best quarterback. The best quarterback only, still should not be Andrew Luck. It's not. Now it's Andy Dalton. At least for me. All right. Oh even better in uh, in the listener league we should call the listener league the league of record now i think we should just okay, we can call that, that we can call that in the league of record i am 3 and 0 oh. i believe i'm technically in second place because i've scored the second most amount of points but, but hang I, on hang on hang on let's let's put this in the context you've had the least amount of points scored against you but i've so, also scored the second most amount of points of anyone in the league semantics <laughs> Let's let's put that into perspective. And I've put done that, that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> and I've done that with Case Keenum as my quarterback all season. So and David Johnson as my first overall as the number one overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happens when you play in a PPR league and are really good at picking out wide receivers. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting at one and two. Uh got a goose egg uh from Doug Baldwin, but there's good news coming. And let's be honest. The only reason that I am I am have no one. Um, let's turn that off. Uh, the only reason that I have uh, the least amount of points scored against me is because Aaron, our new quarterbacks writer, basically had half of his team injured, and so he really had no choice but to play a couple guys because he he ended up getting stuck auto drafting because he couldn't make the he couldn't make the draft, and so he's got Le'Veon Bell. That's what happens when you draft from Hawaii. <laughs> he's got Le'Veon Bell. I think he had. I think he had Shady McCoy, who was on, who was injured and couldn't play. Couldn't play. 
he got he got stuck with a whole bunch of guys that you know he really couldn't do much with his team this week. So that's really the and he only scored like thirty seven points, and I think I scored one hundred and forty five or something like that. Anyway, let's get on to those news and notes. So let's yeah, let's go ahead and get on with the show. We'll do uh we'll do some uh, some of today's headlines. So why don't we get started? Today's headlines. All right, for all of you people who drafted the Seahawks, Doug Baldwin, rejoice! This from Pete Carroll, uh, Doug Baldwin should practice today and may play Sunday. Well, today was Wednesday. I believe he actually did practice today. He, he did participate in practice today, yes. So that means uh, he will be. he should be good to go for Sunday. I'm still liking Tyler Lockett. He is being used very um, efficiently, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, he is showing off the, the, the deep ball and the ability to make the big plays. Uh, so um, I think that both of them, if Doug Baldwin is in, I think Patrick Peterson shades him. That still leaves Tyler Lockett uh, for, a, for a good uh, amount of work. Yeah, me personally, from a verified Doug Baldwin owner, uh, in the league of record, I am still not playing Doug Baldwin this week. I don't care what his injury report is. I don't care if his injury designation is gone. At the beginning of the season, he talked about being 85, 85 to 90% for the year. Then has a knee injury and is out for a couple of weeks. They need him the rest of the year. They're not going to rush him on the field and risk him sitting out even longer. So he's going to be on a snap count is, is my guess. I'm still not starting him this week, even though he may get some production. Who knows? With his, his connection with Russell Wilson, he may find the end zone. But I don't feel comfortable, even in a deep league of 14-plus, uh, I don't feel comfortable starting him. All righty. Uh, moving on, Eric Ebron, uh, knee and shoulder, did not practice on Wednesday. It's possible that they're just giving him some rest. Um and Andrew Luck still has no one to throw to other than T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> Basically. Uh, Alvin Kamara was limited at Wednesday's practice with a knee. They're just, they're just managing his reps. Uh, Titans coach Mike Vrabel said uh, Marcus Mariota is doing better, and the plan is for him to start on Sunday. That was uh, God, around, uh, around noon today. I believe it has officially been announced that he will start on Sunday. Even though he's having some issues with feeling, well, Sunday he was still having issues with feeling in two of his fingers on his throwing hand. Yeah, this is more the concussion of Blank Gabbert. Excuse me, more the concussion of Blank Gabbert than the arm health of Marcus Mariota. There was a report that there are still throws he can't make. So this is not something that I'm excited about. Um, bench everybody other than maybe a Deion Lewis? No, no, no. We'll get bench, that. We'll bench get that everyone but Derrick Henry, let's be honest, because if he can't throw, they're not going to give a whole lot to Deion Lewis. Derrick Henry still hasn't done much to make me comfortable playing him. So No, but he's the only one that's going to get volume. Let's put it that way. So, <clears throat> Potato, tomato, potato, tomato. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Matt Breida with his knee did not practice on Wednesday. Um, I think for now they may be managing him. We'll kind of see how that goes uh, next couple days. Uh, do you – really quickly, we'll probably get to this uh, later on for our, our part deuce uh, portion of the, uh, of the week four matchups. But right now, since that part is on, on, my, on my part of the show, uh, do you think Matt Breida plays this week? I don't know. I'd have to look again at what what exactly is going on with his knee. Um, Hyperextension. I don't think he plays this week. Personally, it's possible. Didn't he come back in right after right after he injured his knee? He did play again, but I think if they're going to be serious about this year and not just say throw their hands up in the air and say we're done. Uh, they need to be a little bit more fragile with him. Alfred Morris is someone you could run into the ground because he's not part of your future plans long term. True. That's my well, opinion. Yeah. But. Right. So, well, 
I think I think it's just it's something to monitor. Just kind of look yeah. to see what they do over the more, next couple of days. More, more will come out over the next couple of days. Yep. Oh, God, this one actually hurts me. From up to the minute live, the Bucks are in a wait and see mode on Ryan Fitzpatrick, who uh, this guy's being told the major who took the majority of the snaps in practice on Wednesday. One person described it as snaps a starter would take. Now, okay. I understand <laughs> you are heavily invested in Jameis Winston. That, you know, if you look at you know, a lot of the reports come out about what Jameis Winston during this, um, during the suspension was running practices with former players um, and other athletes. He was, he was basically running uh, practice games every Saturday, was practicing every Wednesday, Thursday, or w- Thursday, Friday, working out Tuesday, Wednesday. For the last three weeks, I understand you have a lot invested in him. Your current starting quarterback that you signed as a backup is outperforming anything that Jameis Winston has ever done in his career. Or any other quarterback. Or any other quarterback, for crying out loud. Four straight game, three straight games of 400 yards and three TDs. Yes, he threw three TDs in the, in the, game, against, in the game against Pittsburgh. But that's not the reason why you lost. You lost because your defense can't keep up and plus, because you have no running game. Yeah, plus uh, two of those picks, he didn't really throw. Uh, one of them was tipped, and the other one, your, your, your star wide receiver cut off his, cut off his, uh, his, uh, his route instead of, instead of running through his route like he's supposed to which we are all extremely annoyed about the fact that he continues to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. If uh, the Bucks were smart, they would keep playing Ryan Fitzpatrick until he actually did blow up. At least you play him through the, through the bye week. Maybe, you, maybe back from the bye, maybe, but he's got he's to continue to be the start. When is their bye week? Week five. Okay. Yeah, you at least play him this week. Yeah, you, you got to play him this week. All right. Uh, Giovanni Bernard was limited at Wednesday's practice. They're most likely just uh, um, limiting his reps. Keep an eye. Uh, keep an eye on that situation because Mark Walton could be involved in the game uh, against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Possibly, he's their he's their actual backup. Uh, Marlon Mack hamstring returned to practice Wednesday which probably kills um, Jordan Wilkins' value or what yes. little value he actually had. Uh, I think it kills Naheem Hines even more, personally. Yeah, well, Naheem Hines will, at that point will just be um, the punt returner. The punt returner. So If he doesn't fumble. Yep. Uh, Josh Gordon, hamstring, remain limited to Wednesday's practice. However, I saw a report. I don't think it's here. Um from it was either Garoppolo or, or from Garoppolo from either Rappaport or Schefter that um, that Josh Gordon, uh, the offensive coordinator, has no problems thinking that Josh Gordon is is catching onto the playbook and will be able to uh, easily assimilate into the offense. So yeah, Dan, Daniels believes that Gordon will play. So yeah. I don't know if I play him yet, but this definitely. Um, Major player that this impacts, uh, Dorsett, obviously, uh, but then Chris Hogan. Um, Chris Hogan was primed to have a huge workload, has not really done much with it. The Patriots really haven't done much and have played rather poorly over the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so I personally dropped Hogan in a 10-team league. Um because I like Boyd and was able to pick up Boyd uh, and Ridley. So they're playing well. I'd rather have him. So, All right. The Patriots continue to search for wide receiver help, getting back to, getting back to the wide receivers at, at uh, New England. Uh, working out veteran free agent wide receiver Jeremy Curley. Uh, the former Jets draft pick was released by the Bills a few weeks ago. I think that Curley could fit in that system. Um, I think the thing to look out for, which I don't think is coming up. Okay, which is coming up later. We'll get to that. Um, 
there's there's other wide receivers out there that I think would be a better fit, which we'll get to in just a minute. So yeah, for me, this is more the the token signing of Bill Belichick signing a Bills player. <laughs> That's really what this is. Yeah, uh, Juju Smith Schuster didn't practice on Wednesday with an abdomen injury. Probably just be fine. He'll still play. He'll be fine. He'll play. Um. Okay, here's a defensive thing, and while it may not seem fantasy relevant, if you have the if you're thinking about you know matchups, this matters. Or you play IDP. Or you play play IDP. Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa expects to be sidelined until at least week nine after their bite. That's November. Apparently, he took a a play out of his brother's playbook because his brother is doing the same thing in Ohio State. (laughs) So. Yeah. Um, Keenan Allen with his knee didn't practice Wednesday. He didn't practice last Wednesday either. So they're again, managing reps for their veterans. Yeah. This is a, this is the same thing as a Julio Jones thing. Just cause he didn't practice on Wednesday. Doesn't mean he's not. <laughs> Rams cornerback Marcus Peters is questionable for week four against the Vikings. Actually, from what I've heard is he's not playing. Probably not playing. No. Um, with a calf strain, I've, I've still heard the timeline I've, I've heard the most is two to four weeks. So, yeah. Um, Rams cornerback. Well, that's a, a Vikings. Uh, sorry. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook uh, listed as questionable for Thursday night's game. We'll get to it. we'll get to it in in the the matchups, but I don't think he plays. I don't think he plays either, which is the only reason I'm holding on to Latavius Murray right now. So, you know, um, let's see. Chris Carson was limited to Wednesday's practice. They're managing his reps because he had 32 carries on Sunday. So yeah, the man took a beating against Dallas. He played and, well, but he took a beating. 30 and they're probably going to do the same thing with him on Sunday in Arizona. Yeah. And here's the wide receiver news that we were we said we were going to get to a little bit later. Wide receiver Shark Matthews told A to Z Sports that he asked the Titans for his release and is planning on moving on. This is definitely interesting considering he signed an extension prior to this season. He negotiated himself without uh, any representation at all. It was just him. And then, on top of that, he missed a lot of training camp, if I remember right. Needed to get assimilated into the offense, and he's complaining about his lack of targets now. But let's look at what's happened in this offense. Marcus Mariota, their star quarterback, got injured in week one. I believe it was week one. Um, had Blaine Gabbert as their quarterback in week two and three. You're not getting many targets for anyone in that offense, to be completely honest. Um, now, if they grant his release, this is where we were getting back to the New England thing. I think he fits amazingly in that offense as a better, better than Chris Hogan. Because he can run from the slot and he has breakaway speed. He can run inside and outside and has the speed to get away. Um, and with Edelman coming back, think about this. I think he would kill Dorsett because I'm, I'm still not a big believer in Dorsett. Can you imagine Richard Matthews and Josh Gordon on the outside with Edelman on the inside? Uh, James White out of the back and James White out of the backfield? That would that would be a much better wide receiver lineup than they have currently, um, but yeah, at Tennessee, this has not been a great start to the Mike Vrabel era. No, but painful. But okay, but let's let's think about this. Vrabel's a defensive guy. Their defense has actually been very good this year. Yes, and so I think that's that needed to be a that needed to be a point of emphasis this year. And they've been sneaky good. In streamable late last year as a defense in fantasy. So, so really, really the offensive struggles have been because Marcus Mariota has been injured and they've had to deal with Blaine Gabbert as their quarterback. And Derrick Henry apparently doesn't know how to run. Well, but a lot of us in the fantasy world already knew that. Um, the other thing, and the other thing you're looking at is Delaney, Delaney Walker went out with an injury 
for the season. Yeah. So that uh, that y- your number one target your last number one year receiver last year. Yeah, number uh, one receiver as a tight end went out. So yeah, you. I mean, they, they're dealing with injuries that have that have really hurt their offense. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. So yeah. Anyways. Moving on, that's uh, the end of our headlines. Let's go ahead and get into this week's games. And Thursday we'll, night matchup. We will start with Thursday night football, which is now on Fox, which means I get to watch the Thursday night football games live. Yes, I am still old school. I do not have cable. I simply have an antenna because I don't want to pay for cable if the only movies I'm ever going to watch are on Amazon Prime and Netflix. Yeah, there's a, another uh, amazing thing. Um, it's called Reddit Streams. You can watch whatever game you want for free. No cable. All right. So getting into this, the Vikings and the Rams. We we talked about this a little bit. Um, why don't we start with the Vikings? And uh, Justin, why don't you go ahead and uh, dig into them a little bit? Uh for me, this is a game where I think Cousins can bounce back from his atrocious play against Buffalo. Uh, great game week before against the Packers. Uh, I'm chalking up the Buffalo game to just uh, a wash, uh, uh, deleted. It, it happened, move past it, don't let it linger. Uh, I think this is something on a little bit of a short week. I think it helps uh, Minnesota get back to what they're doing. They're like, hey, which chalk it, we're done, move on. Uh, that being said, I really only have Cousins as a quarterback 12 to 14 for this week. Uh, there are other quarterbacks that I like more. Um, I think that uh, you're still going to play Thielen, Diggs, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, I don't think Dalvin Cook plays. I think Latavius Murray is a solid play RB3 type um, slash flex. I know that he had a, a bad week last week when we said to, to start him and to play him. Uh, it, yeah. it was not kind to our rankings um, No, uh, that we submitted to, to Fantasy Pros. But there were a lot of people that felt that way, and no one saw Buffalo coming out and shutting everything down and Minnesota being down and having to pass the ball the rest of the way. So I think this is a great bounce-back game for Latavius Murray. Solid game. Dalvin Cook won't play, but uh, Kirk Cousins should have a good one. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I've, Thielen's going to be huge in this game. He is yes. averaging 15, almost 15 targets a game. I mean, now I know that the, you know there was the one game where you know got in the red zone, Diggs finished with two touchdowns. It seems like that's that's kind of where the play calling is going when they get in the red zone is going to digs, but when they're just playing looking for yardage and they're looking to they're looking for security they need a completion. He is looking at Thielen. I mean, nineteen yeah. completions when they were struggling so bad against the Bills, nineteen targets to Adam Thielen last week. Yeah, that's uh, that's some Michael Thomas level. <laughs> Uh, ball movement and target share. So, um, move going to here. Oops, there we go. Uh, going to the Rams. I mean, the Rams have just a sick offense. Let's be honest. I mean, they're just explosive. I th- I think there's some some potential weaknesses, maybe like tight end. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, you're gonna have to play a good game to beat the Rams this year. Uh, I don't ever project anyone running the table, but they are by far the best team. Uh, right now, with Talib and Peters banged up, the best shot you have is to try and outscore them. And I think Minnesota is equipped to potentially do that. Possibly, especially with especially when you've got you know the two starters out. Um, I mean, looking at looking at the stats, let me pull this up real quick. You took you, I mean, just look at their top three wide receivers. There it is. You've got Woods, five or sorry, you've got Cooks, five for eighty-seven, seven for one fifty-nine, seven for ninety. You've got Robert Woods, nine for three, 
or nine or nine of three for thirty seven, six for eighty one, ten for one hundred four, and two TDs. Nine of three. So sorry, three of nine. So three receptions on nine targets. Uh, so Cooks is getting five to seven targets a game. Woods is getting nine to eleven targets a game. And Cooper Cup is getting six to nine targets a game. And all three of them have well see, Cooks doesn't have a touchdown, but he has the one game of 159 yards. Yeah. Cup and Woods both have two TDs apiece. I mean, this is an this is a a dangerous team to go up against. One question I want to throw at you. I want you to rank these three receivers in how they'll play this week against Minnesota. Between between Cooks, Woods, and Cup, how would you rank those three? Well, the Viking I like the Vikings defense. They have a solid defense. It's it really to me it depends on who Xavier Rhodes is going to go up against. For me this week I'm probably going Cooks then Cup, then Woods. Yeah, I, I've, I've got the same thing. Uh, I believe in Cooks more than I believe in Woods. Uh, so Rhodes and Waynes are going to be on the outside. That's going to be the matchup against Cooks. Uh, and Woods, Cup is going to be in the slot, lining up against uh, different corners, those kinds of things, potentially corner, potentially linebacker, depending on the, the defensive matchup uh, or the defensive package that Minnesota puts out there. Uh but I, I have the same thing. Cooks, Cup, then Woods. Although Woods is the biggest body out there in the red zone. Oh, well, other than Cup. Other than Cup. Because Cup isn't little. Yeah, I know. But to, to me, in, in the red zone, I, I would favor Woods over Cup. Although Cup has, has shown significant progress there over his inconvenient drops last year. Against the Seahawks yeah. in the red zone, I believe was I actually I can't remember who posted it. I'll have to look this up. Uh, in terms of targets in the red zone, Cup is in the top five in the yes. league in terms yeah. of targets in the red zone. So that's you know if you can find a way to trade for him, that's you know that's not in a high in an explosive offense that's going to be scoring a lot of points to get one of those guys that's top five in red zone targets. See if you can get him. Um, Chiefs and Rams, grab them all. <laughs> so, uh, Marty. Falcons and uh, Steelers and Buccaneers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just get everyone. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, Cincinnati and Atlanta. Justin, who do you want to? Who do you want to talk about here? Uh, I'll, I'll go with the Falcons. Uh, uh, this is going to be another shootout. You and I both talked about this uh, earlier in the week when we talked about waiver wire uh, and waivers and Dalton and those kinds of things. But I'll let you talk about Cincinnati. Um, Devonta Freeman is still questionable, and I'm leaning that he's going to be out. This is another thing like a Doug Baldwin where they're going to want to keep him as fresh as possible. Plus, Coleman is a solid player in the absence of Devonta Freeman. Can do a lot of things that Devonta Freeman can do. Yep. There's not much of a drop-off like there is, uh, to use Cincinnati as an, as an example, from Mixon to Geo. So I'm looking for Freeman to be out another week. They need him to be healthy. You're starting Coleman. You're starting Julio. You're starting Ridley. And you're starting Ryan. Uh, I have Ryan as a top-five play this week against Cincinnati. Um, and Hooper... I'm leaving him alone. He's got an okay floor with five points in every game. He did get a touchdown uh, in week two, but I'm just not excited about his usage. And in a shootout, they're firing at wide receivers, and they're probably going to need to keep Hooper back to block so Matt Ryan has as much time as possible to find people. So I like other options at tight end other than Hooper. Okay. Um, and in terms of the Bengals – I mean, I, we went over this in the in the uh, in the uh, waiver wire show. I really, really like Dalton this week. I mean, I went and got him on the waiver wires everywhere I could. Um, every well, is it a problem that everyone, including Matthew Barry, likes Dalton this week? I would consider it a problem. <laughs> Barry's just—I uh, love the guy. I'll, he does a lot of work and puts in a lot of work. 
but there's just some some guys where I feel if me and Barry are on the same wavelength, I get a little nervous. Same here. In in, in position pieces. He's been good on Galladay, and I've been big on Galladay, and that's panned out. So yeah, we were big on Galladay last year going into the season. So all right. Um. So with the Bengals, Dalton is gonna. I think Dalton has a huge game this week. I mean, you look at you look at the the league rankings. Both teams are 16th and 12th in offense, 26th and 27th in defense, 12th and 11th in passing, and 22nd and 21st in rushing. So I mean, these teams line up very very well against each other, which means it's going to be a shootout. And if you look at the Falcons, who have lost both of their starting safeties and their middle linebacker um, in the last two weeks to season-ending injuries, Dalton should be able to pass the ball like crazy in this game. Now, I understand the Falcons still have some decent corners, especially Trufant. However, when you've got Tyler Boyd and I believe at this point A.J. Green is still healthy. Is, is and playing, Eifert is, is healthy so far. For now. I think he's healthy for now. We haven't hit week five yet. Yeah, and uh, I believe that. <laughs> I believe that uh, in terms of their safeties, I believe that Keanu Neal was the one that would usually come down strong safety to to guard yeah. tight ends. So that could leave Eifert open for a, a a big game as well. I think that Dalton throws the ball all over the place and finishes with three plus TDs. So, so you think he can have? a first and second half like the first half he had against the Ravens. True. Well, they were up enough on the you know, on the Ravens in the first half of the game that they kind of just went to the run game after that and didn't have to throw the ball around as much. Yeah, but uh, the Falcons are not the uh, wet towel of an offense <laughs> that the Ravens are. True. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that the Bengals the Bengals can uh, I think that Dalton can have a big game, and again, I think that Tyler Boyd is is a is a play, as a a flex play, for now. I mean, I know that he's had a couple of big games, but if AJ Green's in there, I think he's a flex play. AJ Green is is can be an elite number one when he's healthy. Yeah, uh, Eifert is a is a streaming option this week. We don't usually, I mean, because of just his inability to stay healthy, we've kind of dropped him off the radar. But he is a he is a streaming option this week at tight end, um, yep. and Geo Geo, you know, again as long as he's healthy and playing, he's a he's a an RB two candidate. So yeah, once again, Eifert is streamable because of the matchup. Once yeah. again, you and I like to wait on tight end, play matchups off waivers, and we never carry a second tight end. So it's one of those things that I may keep a tight end, and then I'll. I'll keep that person and then pick somebody off of waivers. Uh, Eifert was someone that I had tried to target in a fab system, but I was not spending more than a dollar to get him. Um, especially on a, once again, streamable tight ends. So if you're in a fab system, you on streamable tight ends, unless your starter has a bye week and you need something, you don't spend more than a dollar to pick up a guy or you wait and pick up something later in the week. Yeah. Agreed. All right, moving on. Uh, the Buccaneers and the Bears, two and one teams against each other. This is going to be in Chicago, and you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who should be starting this game. Is is starting? Okay, so calling it right here. Bold take. <laughs> this okay. This game is supposed to be in the rain, so that could put a little bit of a damper on the uh, on the pass game for the Buccaneers. Um. I think but it'll still be fine. You've got the number one offense in the Buccaneers going against the number five defense in the Bears. Um, with the number 26 offense in the Bears going against the number 31 defense in the Buccaneers. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky is a black hole of production. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, that's a very bad thing. Okay. I wasn't sure. I was like, uh, matchup to me. Mitchell Trubisky, he's got to find some chemistry with Trey Burton. Right now, Trey Burton has been wildly disappointing, although he did catch the shovel pass for a touchdown. Uh, but he has been missed numerous times in the end zone when he's been wide open. He's been missed on it was a play-action pass against Seattle where Trubisky had no one around him. And, or, sorry, uh, Trey Burton had no one around him, and Trubisky just couldn't fire the ball, just decided not to fire the ball deep. 
Um, the thing for me in this, in this for the Bears, I should say, is that for those of you who were Jordan Howard believers like myself, uh, the concern coming into the season was that Tariq Cohen, the uses that he had last year, uh, would continue, maybe increase, if Jordan Howard began to struggle. Now, Jordan Howard has been more involved in the passing game this year. Tariq Cohen is borderline droppable uh, in most leagues because of his lack of production so far. Well, in 10 to 12 team leagues and lower, if you're in a 14 yes. team, I mean, I mean, in our league of record, it's 14 teams. I'm holding on to him. Yes, because, because there's enough production. Back. Yeah, yeah he, he's a running back. You need the depth in, in that deep of a league. You got to hold a number of running backs that are backups because you don't trust. You you can't trust trying to pick something up off of waivers in that deep of a league. Now, I like Allen Robinson. I, I'm not excited about a Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller. Um, Anthony Trey Burton, I I think we'll have a, a solid game. Anthony Miller's uh, the looking at a, a shoulder issue with him from last the last thing I saw. So yeah, so you're looking at well, maybe that helps Trey Burton because in yeah. three wide receiver sets, he's going to be out there. Or the <laughs> do they throw Kevin White out there? <laughs> uh, going over to the Buccaneers, uh, obviously you're going to start Fitzpatrick. Yes, I know it's a top defense and it's in the rain, but you've got a guy who's throwing. 400 yards a game because they have I mean, he has to they have no run game whatsoever yeah their barber has been a massive disappointment well again peyton barber was only the starter the last couple of years because of injury not because he was the best running back yeah so um honestly i think they'd be a lot more productive if they just kept jaquiz rogers in there but that's just me yeah because um, he can catch the ball yeah uh in terms of, I mean, in terms of plays, I mean, obviously, again, Fitzpatrick, you're going to play Evans. Deshaun Jackson didn't get a whole lot of play this last game, and really his biggest play ended up getting called back. It was a punt return for a touchdown that got called back because of a, a, a penalty. Um, I, I'm going to beat the Chris Godwin drum over and over and over again. Uh, last week, I want to say he actually out-targeted uh, Evans, or at least he, he has got more targets than Jackson almost all season. Yeah, so Jackson's just caught all of his targets. You know, yes, and takes it to the house. He's a glory play. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Chris Godwin again, minimum of forty yards a game, and has a touchdown in every game so far. So yeah, um, solid solid flex play wide receiver three at minimum. So. That's Godwin, right? That's Godwin, yes. Yeah, I, I would have Godwin above Deshaun Jackson personally. Uh, still finishing my rankings for the week, but I like Godwin's target here, especially in PPR, better than Deshaun Jackson. I would probably give Deshaun Jackson the edge in standard True. because yep. of the deep threat ability. And he doesn't need as many targets to get the yards as a Godwin would. Correct. As far as the – and O.J. Howard, you're going to start – you know, I, I like the fact that Cameron Brake got involved. I like Cameron Brake as a tight end. He's just, the with how much they're spreading the ball around, I think O.J. Howard is the more likely to take it to the house. Brake needs more um, needs more targets in order to really be productive. And I think, personally, as long as it's more likely to be Cameron Brake once Jameis Winston comes back. I... To me, what I have seen in the first or three... Or maybe more split. Yeah, I, I think it would be more split than... Uh, but what I have seen from O.J. Howard over these first few weeks is, once again, this is only his second year, and tight ends generally, rule of thumb, tend to explode more year three, year four kind of a thing. But I think you're seeing elite-level talent like a Travis Kelsey, like a Zach Ertz, in the fact that he has a... He's a big-bodied receiver. You can't beat him one-on-one -on -one in coverage because of his size and his athleticism and his ability to do stuff after the catch is where a lot of his value lies. So if you have O.J. Howard, I would continue playing him regardless of matchup. 
Now, when Jameis comes back, I would still play him, but things could change at that point. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, the next game we are covering is Detroit and Dallas. This is going to be at Dallas. Um, you mean Detroit versus Ezekiel Elliott? <laughs> basically, um, their offense is 30th, their passing is 31st, but their rushing is 7th, thanks to Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. I am honestly considering drop. This is. I'm honestly considering dropping the New England defense because of how anemic they have been, and picking up the Detroit Lions to stream against the Dallas Cowboys because of how bad Dak Prescott is. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to pull it up here. Yeah, go ahead and pull up the. Go, we've we've uh, a, a friend of ours that we're in a a, a, a sports Facebook discussion group. Yeah. Uh, a, a Facebook sports discussion group with um, posted a meme. Do you have it up yet? Not necessarily a meme. It was posted by CBS Sports earlier that over the last 13 games, Dak Prescott and Brock Osweiler have almost basically the that. same numbers. Dak Prescott, 2,400 yards, uh, 10 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Brock Osweiler in the last 13 games he played – had 2,325 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. So this is not a great performance from Dak Prescott, but he doesn't have anybody to throw to. I don't know what people are expecting from him. Cole Beasley right now is your number one receiver, and he's questionable. And even then, he has 24 fantasy points over three weeks. That's eight points per week. That's not something that is reliable at all. So, to me, if you're in a two-quarterback league, I would, I would borderline drop Dak Prescott, even from being my backup. I'd look for massive other options because he's just playing horrible right now. And it's look not going to get better because he doesn't have any trade. <laughs> look to trade to get another quarterback. Yeah, because... and you'd be, you'd be trading on name only. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm you – know, Ezekiel Elliott's basically all you're starting from the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, you're not going to start their defense either because their defense their defense has played somewhat well. I, what Their defense is third overall, but I want to say that's in yards. Denver, Denver. They're, or sorry, uh, sorry, Dallas. Dallas is uh, overall in yards. Yeah, third in yards total given up. Uh, that's not good. No, 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 as in, as in third best. They've only given up the oh. third least in terms of yards given up. That's right. Uh, they only give up two hundred. They only give up two hundred eighty-one pass yards a game, or sorry, two hundred eighty-one yards a game. One hundred eighty-two pass yards, only ninety-eight rush yards a game. Fifty-three points. So I mean, they're playing pretty good defense. It was it going into last week? They were leading the league in sacks after two weeks, and did not get a single sack against the lowly Seattle Seahawks crappy offensive line. That's saying something. Yeah. Um, it didn't help that, you know, the Seahawks were keeping the ball moving and, and, uh, and couldn't, and the defense couldn't get off the field, but, um, because of this, I mean, honestly, I think the Dallas defense could be pretty good, but the, the, uh, offense for the, um, for the Lions is been pretty good. Ninth, ninth in offense, eighth in passing, 16th in rushing. They finally got a 100 yard rusher. Finally. Yeah, but are you comfortable starting carry on Johnson? I would flex him. See, I I don't know yet. Uh, I would flex him in PPR. I am not comfortable enough yet because Riddick is still there as a PPR option in catching the ball. Um, yeah, but Riddick is, Riddick's, Riddick's production has gone down because of the fact that he keeps dropping the ball. I understand that, but the, the problem also is this. carry on Johnson has one carry in the red zone. They're still going to – Blount's getting mixed in between the 20s anyway, and then when it gets to goal line work, it is almost exclusively Blount. So to me, that's where my uh, my hesitancy to start carry on Johnson in this game is because, once again, this is, for the most part, still a wide receiver show. Yeah. Now, as long as Stafford – can never repeat week one against the Jets. 
just a bad game. I, I would call that the Buffalo game uh, is what I would call that. Um, <laughs> Stafford, I'm nervous because Dallas has played some pretty good defense. Um, I, I like other quarterbacks better. I, I have Stafford kind of 15-ish now. I like like a Wentz. Fitzpatrick against an actual defense in Chicago. Andy Dalton against the Falcons in Goff versus Minnesota. Better than Stafford. But you're going to play Galladay. You're going to play Tate. And you're going to play Jones. Yeah, you're going to play all three of them. Rank them. Rank them real quick. Tate, Galladay, Jones. Uh, PPR, Tate, Galladay, Jones. Standard, probably Galladay, Tate, Jones. Yep. Uh... Only because only because Galladay, Galladay is more the big play threat. Bigger body for in the bigger body for in the red zone. Yeah, I would probably keep it the exact same of Tate Galladay Jones for both standard and PPR because Tate's still getting yards like that. He's still going to be getting yards. Tate is a little bit more explosive in open field, in my opinion. True. So that's where I would see that one. Okay. All right. Uh, moving and yes. I really think that the Detroit Lions are a team to stream this week against the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, moving on, we've got. Oh man, we're, we need to speed this up a little bit. Uh, Buffalo against Green Bay. Let's see. There it is. Um, we've got the second worst offense in the Buffalo Bills going up against the twenty-third ranked defense in the Green Bay Packers. Now the Buffalo Bills have the 11th, number 11 defense in terms of yards given up, yet they gave up a crap ton of points because they kept throwing interceptions and giving yeah, It's field. pretty easy for your defense not to give up yards when they only have to – When they only have to go 30. Yeah. So um, I really think the Bills struggle in this game. I think the Packers may actually get something going. Uh, rain forecasted for this game. Rain showers high of 57. Uh you know, I think that uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, could get a lot of work in this game, running the ball after being back. Uh, I I personally like Aaron Jones better than than Jamal Williams. I think Jones is the better runner than Jamal Williams. I think Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery are better catching the ball out of the backfield. But uh, honestly, a lot of this hinges on how healthy is Aaron Rodgers in his knee. Yeah, I I would continue. You got to continue to roll him out there until until he until his leg falls off. Until his leg falls off. Um, Adams is an automatic start. I'm comfortable with Cobb as a wide receiver for flex play. I think Allison is still a playable player, but more than likely is is best served on your bench for he's, now. Uh, he's a he's a bye week guy right now. He's a, he's a bye week fill guy. Um, so if you have uh, Devin Funchess on your roster, um, or, or, or uh, I guess there's not really a, a, a receiver for the Redskins you would play above no. uh, Allison. Um, no. So, Ryan, you have it as, as Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery. I have it as Jamal Williams, A1, Jones, A2, really. Uh, I think they'll kind of split a little bit more. They split – workload last week um but for me the only bill you play is a LaShawn McCoy and even then it's more of a RB3 flex play depending on what your other options are the Packers did just get scorched by Adrian Peterson now that was in Washington good it was in Washington but it was also in the rain yeah and Adrian Peterson is old so I thought that was Leading into that game, I was way wrong. I thought Adrian Peterson was going to struggle because he has had problems over the last two years in bounce. He's had a great game, and then he'd have a hard time playing in the next one just because of the the ability to, to bounce back from playing because it's a tough sport. Uh, but I, I would play – I'd be comfortable enough playing McCoy uh, and then Packers. Jimmy Graham is still – dealing with an injury. Um, I, I think this goes back to, again, we talked about this being Seattle fans and seeing the usage of Jimmy Graham and looking over the, over the past years of the Green Bay Packers and how they've used tight ends. 
he is not going to be a tight end one by the end of the season. And if he is, it's going to be like tight end number 10. Yeah. Or 12. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers has not really used a big tight end in forever. And he was it the last big tight end that he used was in like 2008, 2009, I want to say. Yep. Rodgers. No, no, no. Let me. Oh, wait. No, no, no. It was 2011, 2012 that Rodgers used a, a quarterback. Yep. Or use, and it was top 10 was a top 10 with 650 yards and, and eight TDs. I'm pretty sure that year, didn't he start with four touchdowns in the first two weeks too? Something like <laughs> that. So, so yeah, so it's been, it's, it's been forever since Rodgers has actually used a tight end efficiently. They've tried it with, uh, was it Bennett last year? Didn't do much. Everyone thought that he was going to be, he was going to be great. Just, they don't use the tight end. He throws the wide receivers. That's what it is. So um, I don't like, I don't, I honestly don't like Jimmy Graham at all for this game or for the rest of the season. So moving on next game, uh, Houston and Indianapolis. Let me pull that one up. Yeah. For this one, I'm going to start real fast. Just based Go on ahead. time to get us going, but I'm calling it right now. Lamar Miller is finally going to get a rushing touchdown this season. He's the reason why his value has been lower this year is because he hasn't found Pater. When you get, People like – now, I'm not putting him on the same level as a Gurley or a Gordon, but when you get Gurley who's getting three touchdowns in a game or, uh, or Gordon getting three touchdowns in a game, Lamar Miller is going to drop back, obviously. But he has been a, a leading rusher uh, going into week two. He was the third overall rusher in terms of total yards rushed on the ground. Uh, the Colts have not been good against the run all season in terms of fantasy production. They've been torched by it. So look for Lamar Miller to finally find pay dirt against a bad rushing defense from the Colts. The Colts have been pretty good against the pass so far in fantasy. Eighth, uh, I believe. Um, Hopkins is starting. Fuller is starting. Fuller's currently questionable with a hamstring injury. So if Fuller, for some reason, doesn't go, Hopkins may be the number one receiver of the week, in my opinion, because there's no one else to throw to. Um, but that uh, Deshaun Watson you're going to start uh, in this game as well. Yeah. Uh, just uh, Sorry, I took a, a minute to kind of look back. Uh, the last couple of years, uh, Lamar Miller last year didn't score a touchdown until week four, and the year before that didn't score a touchdown until week six. So he's, he's a notoriously slow starter when it, comes to, when it comes to scoring touchdowns. Yes. Which very much, very well could be Bill O'Brien, the, the coach. So, yeah. Um, Look at the coming back here. Sorry, I'm going back and forth between tabs. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Too many open. Um, being at home, the, again, the offense is struggling for the Colts. Uh, I think this could be a bounce-back game for Andrew Luck. The problem is he's thrown for less than 200 yards the last two games. He doesn't have the arm strength. I, when it came down to a, a desperation Hail Mary last, uh, last week, they brought in their backup quarterback in order to throw it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it makes me hard. It makes it hard to even trust T.Y. Hilton. Uh, basically, I think this is part of the reason why Eric Ebron's been starting out so well, uh, and why you know Jack Doyle's been dealing with injuries, so he's been struggling as well. But I think that really it's been they've he's had to throw short passes because he just doesn't have the arm strength. This could possibly be a, a bounce back game. The defense for the Texans is ranked number eighteen in terms of yards. Um. I look for the Houston Texans to to really get it going against a really bad defense for for the Colts. Uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins has a bigger game, especially if Will Fuller is sitting. He's already dealing with a little bit of an injury in practice. Uh, but Will Fuller, honestly, Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be must starts as long as they're both playing. Deshaun Watson may have a little bit of a comeback game. Uh, inter and again, going back to the Colts, the only people I'm willing to start is T.Y. Hilton. You have to start him because he is the number one target. Uh, Eric Ebron, I think, is the better option in terms of tight ends. He's a streamer tight end. Well, Doyle right now is still questionable. Yeah, and Doyle's still questionable, so which puts even even more emphasis on, on Eric Ebron. And, you know, I think again, if you're in a deeper league where you need the quarterback, Andrew Luck is a startable option. I believed in him beginning this year. He is proving to not be what I was hoping. So... To me, the only player that I would feel comfortable playing would be T.Y. Hilton in this game. 
Um, Andrew Luck still is not really able to throw the deep ball with any consistency. There's a, a, a ton of injuries. To me, T.Y. Hilton, who is getting diminished value because of lack of the deep ball, but right now the Colts are sputtering because of injuries. This is like watching the Titans play. Yeah, basically, really. All right. You division, like, how easy is this division for Jacksonville at this point? Seriously. I mean, <laughs> Blake Bortles can still be Blake Bortles, and this is going to be, they're going to win this division by three games. Yeah. All right. Getting, moving on to the next game. Speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, they're at home against the Jets. Um, again, another pretty, again, this is a pretty, another pretty even matchup in terms of, in terms of what, uh, what the stats play out, not necessarily in what, you know, the actual talent on the teams. Uh, Jets, uh, 21 offense, the 21st offense, Jaguars 20th, Jets 8th off, 8th in defensive yards, Jaguars 4th, uh, Jets 21st in passing, Jags 18th, 14th in rushing, the Jags 13th. So again, according to the stats, this is a pretty even matchup. But when we look at the actual talent on the field, uh, Jacksonville's defense is just stupid in terms of how good it is. Yes. Um, and and the, the, the weapons that they have on defense to, to attack. Uh, I think that Darnold is going to struggle in this game. I think that the in terms of the offense for the Jets, the only people you are really, really looking at playing are going to be Quincy and Nunwa because he is the number one target there, period. Yep. Um, you know, you and I discussed this a little bit. Robbie Anderson is, is borderline droppable. He's a ghost. Um, and then uh, Bilal Powell in, in PPR is the more likely option there. Yes. Uh, just be, uh, because, especially they're playing from behind, he's going to get the, some passing out of the out of the backfield. Uh, that's about it. That's really the only two players that I'm really really liking uh, out of out of the Jets in this game. What are, what are what are your thoughts on on Jacksonville? Uh, Jacksonville. I- I don't like either quarterback in this game. Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon are still day to day coming back from their injuries. Um, obviously, you have to play Fournette. This is one of those things. Pay attention through the weekend to see who's playing and who's not. Of Fournette and Yeldon, whoever is healthy, you're going to play. Uh, if Fournette is good to go, obviously he's going to get the start. If they're both good to go, you still go with Fournette. Yeldon will still prove valuable in a pass catching scenario um and then keelan cole that's about it like for both of these i mean really quickly on the Jets side i'm not starting the quarterback the two running backs are low rb3s both of them quincy and noon the only one i'm even considering from the jets as a as a solid startable player yeah and then austin Severian jenkins if you're in a deeper league at tight end once again, kind of and you're set everywhere else, and you're set everywhere else. Uh, Austin's very Jenkins could be playable. Yep, um, I like in terms of the Jaguars. Dede Westbrook, I believe, is a value play for DFS. I uh, played very well the first couple games. Had a few less targets last game, but I mean the whole Jaguars offense struggled against that Titans defense last week. So, yeah. Um, one more game to cover for tonight. Uh, what do we got? Miami. At New England, the the division leading Miami Dolphins. Yeah, with a two game lead over New England. Yeah, two game lead at three and zero against one and two. And if you, oh my, we're okay. I kind of have a feeling that they're going to have a four game lead over New England. The way New England has played so far this season has been bad. Okay, and Miami hasn't hasn't really flashed from anywhere except for maybe Kenny Stills, but they're they're playing as a well oiled machine and a well put together team. Yeah, team. It's not. It's like New England, like the Tom Brady and Gronk show or the Tom Brady and James White show is pretty much all it's been so far this season. The the Miami Dolphins are twenty third in offense, twenty first in defense, nineteenth in passing, seventeenth in rushing. When was the last time you can ever remember looking at the stats for the Patriots being 25th in offense, 28th in defense, the 26th passing team, and the 20th rushing team? 
Uh, probably the year that Brady went out with his knee injury in week one and probably those first two weeks because they were still an 11-5 and team that year. Yeah, with Matt Castle. But even then, they were still passing pretty well. They were middle of the pack and just able to run the ball. Uh, last time I remember the, the, the Patriots being this bad in terms of just statistic-wise was, God, probably 99 like just after their just after their Super Bowl year, just after their Super Bowl year when they were losing to uh, when they lost to Green Bay. Um, yeah. I mean this is this has been epic, bad. Um, so in, I mean in terms of in terms of the Patriots, you still kind of have to start Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, you still have to. You start Tom Brady. Uh, Edelman comes back next week, not or yeah, next week, not this week. So there's still one more game without Edelman. I'm cautious about starting Josh Gordon. If you're desperate, you have nowhere else to go, then yeah, I mean, he's a flex play. Boomer bust flex. Um, James White in PPR is still playable. Yes. Sonny Michelle, uh, shown to be okay. Rex Burkhead just went on IR, so he is now their leading kind of, you know, candidate to be rushing, rushing the ball. Yes. And so, you know, I think the two running backs are, are playable flex plays, whether, you know, Michelle and Standard and and uh, um, and White in PPR. But other than that, I'm not I'm not holding on. And Gronk. Gronk's always going to be yeah. – if Brady's the quarterback, Gronk, you're starting. So Yeah. It's one of those things where I, I think this year James White is going to be that Deion Lewis player and Sonny Michelle is going to be that Blount player. That's that's really how those two roles are gonna pan out to me. Yeah. Um, there's not a receiver that I feel comfortable with from New England. Uh, Chris Hogan has been a massive disappointment, borderline droppable. Uh, it, unless you're in a very talented twelve team, put him on your bench. Yeah, Josh Gordon could come in and splash, but then again, at any moment, Josh Gordon could have a behavioral problem that gets him kicked out of the league. So. Yeah, that's just that's the playing play with fire there. That's the the fantasy life of a Josh Gordon owner, um, <laughs> and so obviously you're starting Gronk. I think Gronk could have a big game. On the Miami side of things, Tannehill, I'm not comfortable starting yet at all. Kenyon Drake, you kind of have to because of the workload that he should be getting in each game. And then Kenny Stills is the only one I'm comfortable on the receiving side. Yep. Devontae Parker's an interesting play as he comes back healthy. This first game was, I think, a, a snap count uh, type of game. Uh, let me just pull up his numbers again. Uh, Devontae Parker, uh, two catches for 40 yards. So not a whole lot, but I think they're going to ease him in. I think he has value in deeper leagues to stash if you have the uh the available bandwidth on your bench yeah but i don't like albert wilson jakeem grant's not going to throw a touchdown every week <laughs> uh and danny amendola is borderline fragile so kenny stills is the deep threat is the number one so you go with the number one on a bad team that is perfectly fine but i still don't like any other option here regardless of how bad the Patriots defense is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. So, all right, well, that's it. That's what we've got for these games. Sorry. This, uh, this show went a little bit longer. You got anything else to add? No, that's it for me. All right. Well, we will not have an episode tomorrow. We will have an episode the next day, which, so I believe Justin's recording Friday night to come out Saturday. Yep. Should be out Saturday. All right, so again, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the Skulking Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, whether you're on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, wherever it is. Make YouTube. Sure, YouTube. Um, make sure to subscribe. Uh, we'd love to hear you guys' comments as well. Thank you again for listening. My name is Ryan. And this is Justin. And we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skulking Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skulking Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.
At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19.